pickled peppers. On Unless the you woke up with a tongue that you've been chewing on all night, apparently. No. Uh, yeah. oh. it, it's trying to, every time we do an episode, we just try to, like, I, my favorite now is Great Waldo Pepper. The Great Waldo Pepper. <laughs> the Bad News Bears. I'm going to have to write it down. Breaking <laughs> We have to do it like this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> David Lee Roth. A little ain't enough for me. <laughs> uh. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Somebody else. Sorry. So, um, <laughs> everybody, that is our warm-ups. He didn't know I was recording it. I'm silly. I'm haughty. Um, uh, that's it's we... all right. <laughs> well, this is our that's next... How we roll. This is the next Planet Over. This is our podcast where we're devoted to sci-fi, fantasy, action, horror, TV shows of our childhood, working up to more modern-day shows. Right now, we are in the mid-'80s. Uh, soon we'll be flipping over to the later-'80s. Uh, well, we started in 70... What did we... No, we didn't start out this way. We started trying to pick double features, where we pick two shows that are similar. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That's how we yep. started. Three we are ever-evolving. Yeah, three years ago, we started <laughs> off, I think, with Briscoe County Jr. and Legend with Richard Dean Anderson. And the main focus of the show, if you've never heard this before, is we try to find shows mostly that only lasted a season or two. Short-lived stuff that's kind of been forgotten or never was really given its due. I can't imagine having a podcast about like X Files or Star Trek. One is probably been discussed ad nauseum, but two, there's so much that we can we'd have to do it like season by season. Yeah, why not? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe it, down keep us busy. <laughs> maybe down the road. But I just what I wanted to do is go like an archaeological dig of sci-fi shows and and you know that kind of realm, and and then eventually we start adding the action TV shows to it. And it's just trying to discover these shows that maybe we miss. Like last one, I, I think we I introduced you to QED, which I owned on VHS, mm-hmm. but I never got around to watching. Um, but then I watched it and I really enjoyed it. So a lot of it's about that, trying to dig around and find these lost TV shows. Gems. Yeah. Try to watch the first episode, maybe two, uh, and, and then decide whether or not we're going to continue watching it. That's our verdict at the end. And, and the funny thing is, this one was a little bit harder for me, for you, probably, because I didn't realize every single thing that I sent you was a pilot movie, not an episode, right. movies. <laughs> hey, um, that's the best way to get, well, uh, I, I would say it's the best way to get it, jump into it, but they're not always the same as the TV series, I suppose. No, because the budget's bigger, and the thing was, yeah. and I don't know if everybody knows this, it was really with Universal, is the company that started this in the 70s, is they would film the pilot... And if it didn't get picked up, they knew they could sell it as a TV movie or sell it overseas. And um, that would be a weird trend because, like uh, we discussed in the Battlestar Galactica, is they would collect episodes up and sell them overseas as theatrical films. Or Buck Rogers was in our theaters before it ever aired on television two months later, and it made like $20 million. TV movies back then were very strange, and... Um, with the exception of Wizard Warriors, which I do believe was just a uh, our pilot, the rest of these were originally designed to be movies that were a backup, you know, as a as a sell through on video or or you know syndicated television. Yeah, it's funny you say that. It's pretty self pretty evident that that was only ever meant to be on TV. <laughs> yeah. And, and of course the budget. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> sometimes the budget's bigger, but sometimes I think what hurts a, a pilot movie is the fact that the story stretched out too long. Some of these are never meant to be two hours. What's the one that we did last time with uh, Judson Scott? The um, the Phoenix. That never should have been a movie. Mm-mm. 
That was way dragged. Was, <laughs> I'm sorry. It was dragged out so long. Yeah, it's your fault for suggesting it, but I probably would have stumbled upon it myself. Um, but <laughs> but uh, so this episode, we are discussing four uh, basically lost TV shows. I think only one of them's ever been released on DVD, and it's uh, Tales of the Gold Monkey, Wizards and Warriors. Uh, uh, Otherworld and Shadow Chasers and Shadow Chasers is the one that I searched for for decades because I found it on an old VHS tape I think it was because and I could be severely wrong in this I had taped the Ewoks movie you know the second one where it has Wilford Brimley mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the um they had a commercial on there for the premiere of Shadow Chasers, and I'm like, what is this? This looks like Ghostbusters. I gotta see this. And some kind soul loaded the episodes up to YouTube, so I finally got to see it after decades, and it was a little disappointing. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Just a tiny little bit. Do you think nostalgia does that it's to you? Fun. Like, you can build something up so much in your mind that you imagine what it could be, and then you finally see it, and you're like, God, oh, dang it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, it's like with Knight Rider. I go back, well, not Knight Rider. Yeah, Knight Rider. I mean, at points, this is one extreme example, I suppose. At points, there were parts where it's actually the writing is really good, and maybe it's a difference in writers or the, the season, who knows. But I remember coming back from college, Knight Rider happened to be on cable at something at Dave's house, and I sat down and watched it for like 10 minutes, and I'm going, what was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is so cheesy <laughs> yeah well a lot of but, those shows were though the ones that appealed to us as kids usually were the ones or shows were dumbed down sometimes like you remember we watched Airwolf and the first season is really sophisticated it's meant for adults and you can see the tonal shift in each season as kids were watching it and then they started to dumb it down and, and it just didn't have the same gravitas right I mean and that's not to say Night Rider's bad yeah, folks I, I do enjoy it <laughs> but we know what it is. It's you know you don't have yes. to watch it every episode in order to get your fill. No, nope. it's the same thing nope. with A Team. I can watch a handful of episodes. I'm like I'm good for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe three. Yeah. No, no. The uh, <laughs> but Shadow Chasers is Ron Howard's first television production, and I had very high hopes. And I got to tell you, it should not have been a two hour movie because the first half is dull, beyond dull. I mean. You gotta build up who the characters are, of course, but they take forever to get there. And then when you finally get into the phantasmagorical side of it, that's when it gets exciting. But you have to wait till halfway. And I, I will give it another shot for another episode, but oh, yeah. I, you have to test your patience. Yeah, I saw, my take on it was there were parts it like hit and missed. There were parts where oh, this was written really well and acted very well, and then you go to a different part of where the that feels a little different and you're like <sighs> yeah. you had me for a minute there and now <laughs> what you almost wonder if Ron Howard replaced the director I don't know how that really works if there's so much you can film right. and then you can re replace the director and, and, and give the credit to them um, uh, what exactly the, the ratio is but it does feel like there's a, a tonal shift and yeah. I, I think that they probably watched the dailies and said oh crap this is boring we gotta I just think they should have edited it down to an hour episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. But I'll probably, like you said, though, I'll definitely give it another watch. Um, yeah, it's a, it's about two reporters. Um, they're investigating the investigative reporters, whatever. Then they kind of do like one of them works for one of those crap magazines, like National Enquirer, and one's like more of a legitimate reporter. And you know, one's kind of wacky and, and uh, smart ass. That's Dennis Dugan. It's probably the only one 
<clears throat> that anybody will even recognize um, because he was in uh, un- uh, what's what's the Disney movie Unidentified Flying Oddball I think right do you know which <laughs> I don't one I'm talking about? I know that one. Oh, it's uh, 1978 or 79 sorry <clears throat> I got a frog in my throat really we'll get that sucker out of there I love you baby I love you honey I love you honey oh wow he's uh, definitely been busy <laughs> um Dennis Dugan was, so uh, he is an astronaut, if I remember correctly, our test pilot, who accidentally goes back in time to King Arthur's world, and he's kind of oh. a goofball, and, and he uses his future experiment kind of stuff. It's kind of like a, the king in King Arthur's court, or, or right. what is it? Kid. The kid. kid. Yeah, yeah, kid in King Arthur's court. Uh, it's kind of like that, and um, uh, and he also is known for being a, a, a Adam Sandler's go-to director. He did a bunch of movies for him, like mm. Big Daddy and stuff like that, and Grown Ups. <clears throat> but this is back when he was more of an actor, and he's kind of the wise ass, and he's the one who actually tests your patience. I, I, he's kind of a mm-hmm. sleaze bag, and his one-liners don't come off as funny; they come off as annoying. But you don't realize why until the very end of the episode when he explains how he came to this point in his life. And I was like, "Well, yeah. thank God they put that in there because I don't know if I want to join the journey with this guy." <laughs> and they still kind of leave you hanging, whether or not that's actually what's going on with him or not. But yeah. I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb give him the benefit of the doubt says this guy's got a deeper story so. yeah well I mean he. Was, I really like him on Hill Street Blues he was mentally ill and he believed he was a real superhero and he tried to stop crimes and you root for him for a few episodes and then he accidentally gets into a situation that's over his head and he gets shot and killed and it gives you the true weight of taking like the the law into mm-hmm. your own hands and um, I think he got nominated for an Emmy for that or whatever but he, I just don't see that kind of performance here. I still think he's phoning it in. And you can tell it's it's probably time for him to start directing because he looks like he's bored with acting. Right. And uh, let me so, look up... Go ahead, sorry. What was what was the date on this one? It's 85. So, oh, 85, you know what? I don't okay. think he started directing until 92. His first movie, and you're not going to remember this, but I rented this for one of our movie parties. It's called uh, Brain Donors. And it has oh. John Turturro, and it's kind of an homage to the uh, old Marx Brothers movies. Okay. And it's really wacky, it crazy. Yeah, it's it's hard to find now, but it, that's I think his directorial debut. But um, looking it up because I'm a cheater and I don't like to do my work <laughs> ahead of time. Uh, oh no no no! Uh, the next year after this show was canceled, he started directing a bunch of TV shows. He did Hunter, Wise Guy, tons of Moonlighting, and that's what led him to doing um, Brain Donors. Gotcha. The other actor I oh, do my. not recognize, and he's the much better of the duo. But you got me on who he is. Trevor Eve, British actor. Uh, he is the um, the empathetic ones. You know the one that you you know the, the Joe Average in all of this. Oh, okay. So he just really is like one of those BBC kind of guys because he didn't really do anything in America. So this is like his only production in America. What was his name again? Uh, Trevor Eve. Trevor Eve, so the main guy. Yeah. Okay. He looks amazing for how old he is. He was born in 1951. He looks debonair like a like a prince. Crazy. He um, does. He, <laughs> did, he could be a Dos, Dos Equis commercial. He <laughs> <laughs> could. <laughs> If you're ever chasing shadows, <laughs> drink those keys. Uh, um, so the first episode is basically about, uh, well, it starts off as a, kind of a MacGuffin. 
because you think the house is haunted and it turns out it's com- com- something completely different. And I really enjoyed that twist. I did too. And I was like, no, really? Wow. I mean, the kid's not the greatest, but kid actors back in the 80s, it's real touch and go with uh, if they're good or not. I love how they took the liberties with, it's all run by computer. Just some of the effects that were going on in the house. I'm like, this is where you just shut your brain off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, it goes from being a ghost to telekinetic powers to, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it keeps flipping it on you. So I was really surprised by that. Um, right. So I'm going to give it another shot. I'm going to watch some more episodes. What What is your verdict? Oh, definitely. Okay. As I, it, there was enough good in that and enough well acted stuff and storyline for that matter that I, I'm interested. Yeah, and it's it does seem like something. If it's down to an hour, that it's going to be a lot tighter and a lot more entertaining. And right. Uh, and you know, pilot episodes can be rough. I mean, how many TV shows have a really good pilot? Hmm. You're still, <laughs> yeah, you're still working out the kinks in a lot of these. And I've, I've heard legendary stories of people being recast after the, the pilot was done and they had to go back and reshoot it. So um, this only lasted 13 episodes, uh, so it's not going to be a long burn. If you have to, if you, you know, a lot of you are stuck in the house right now. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I, I feel weird complaining about my two days off in a row when most people have had two months off in a row. Yeah. Um. I'm one of the lucky ones. I, I I'm on contract driving a bus, so. But, you don't know what's going to happen next school year, so yeah. I, I'm still just kind of biding my time right now. Well, your kids keep you busy too, so. That's there's that yes. The um, the the, the second show that I want to discuss is one that I tried watching before about I don't know twelve years ago, and it was interesting, but I didn't focus enough on it because I was watching it at work. Shut up! Don't you judge me. It was a boring hotel job. <laughs> and this is when YouTube first started and I was like oh my god I can just watch TV shows instead of sitting here in silence waiting for someone to come into a hotel that only gets one guest a night <laughs> uh, yeah it was bad why so, weren't you picking up a broom man come on uh, yeah if you had time to lean you got time to clean <laughs> if you got time to That's stream right. <laughs> if you got time to stream you got time to clean <laughs> got time to stream there you go <laughs> I remember uh, back in my day, the only thing we cared about with streaming is our bladder control. So, Otherworld. Now, Otherworld, I can see why it got canceled. It looks so expensive. I cannot believe how yeah. much they fit into this episode. And this is, this time I truly paid attention and I was absolutely fascinated by the world they created. Yes. Oh, it definitely looked like something... It was made for a movie in this case. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It feels for like that kind era. of an independent film that you would you'd rent on a Friday night, and right, hopefully, right. and it just never had any sequels. That you know, it feels like that kind of movie because there's no real names in this. I mean, Jonathan Banks is in it, who was a bad guy in a bunch of movies, and he was on Breaking Bad. Uh, you got one of the kids from uh, uh, Head of the Class, and that's about it. I don't know anybody else from this. And you got the little brother from Last Starfighter. Is that the little okay? Thank you. I thought he looked familiar. Um, Go to sleep. Wait, wait, wait. Did we mention him on the last episode? Was he in another show? Because I feel like we did that joke. Go back to bed, Lewis, or I'll tell mom about your Playboys. That's it. It's possible. Who knows? Um, So uh, this one is led by Sam Groom, who I guess was like a soap opera actor. I'm not sure. But um, him and his family, they're on a vacation in uh, Egypt, 
and they get taken on a tour and they get left inside the pyramid because the guy demands that he pay to get them out of there which I thought was real sleazy and I can imagine that actually mm. happens on a regular basis I'm, I'm terrified by the nice. way I'm terrified of that kind of stuff <laughs> you know I'm claustrophobic and I've heard horror stories there's um it's not the the pyramids but what's that thing in um France I think it's France where you go underground and that's where they buried all the bodies oh it's yeah the, the not caverns, but um, catacombs. Catacombs, thank you. The catacombs, and they're like miles deep. And if you lose your way, you could die down there. And they showed us a video of this um, in English class where you're watching the guys try to get out because they got lost. And they have a camera with them. It's a documentary. And their battery is dying. Their light is dying. They have no idea where they're going, and they barely got out alive. They were in there for hours. And that terrifies me. So I'm not going into any pyramids. I'm not going into any... Shit, I, I can barely get to an elevator. <laughs> <laughs> that has got to be one of the creepiest things I've ever... When I was a kid, I would have thought that would have been the coolest thing ever, but now I'm like... No, no. City built on the dead. Um, yeah. Hey, no. where's the breadcrumbs? No, no, no. The rats ate them. <laughs> and they ate them and you're next. Like, ah! <laughs> These are the descendants of the plague rats. Yes. The... Um, so they get they get trapped inside the pyramid and they find a a doorway or whatever it takes them through um like a alternate dimension because it's it's not just that they're in the pyramid but it's also the fact that the 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 sun is lining up at a certain place for the first time in a thousand years and they end up falling out of this dimensional warp kind of like stargate i would that's the closest mm-hmm. comparison i can think of and they end up in another world and and, and the build the mystery so well because you spend about twenty minutes, they're just wandering in the desert. They don't—they're not even sure that there are—they are in another planet, or another universe, or whatever, or another dimension. Because they just think they're lost in the desert, and then they come upon this unbelievably gorgeous—I don't know if it was a matte painting or a model or what—but could, could you believe how good those special effects looked for television back then? I was looking at that myself, and I want to say. You know, it, it's hard to discern whether that's a model or a painting or both. It's, I think it's both, but okay. But it's good. But it, yeah, still, it looks awesome. And so they get into the city, and it kind of looks like a normal city, but they have these weird portals, and there's these passes and stuff like that, and everybody has to have chips and stuff like that, and um, just the slow building of everything. And these are filled with spoilers, so you're gonna want to stop now. The whole town is filled with androids. I'm thinking Westworld, anyone? Yeah, I was shocked by this. I did not remember that. And it's because the world is toxic, and the humans can only be up for so long, so the robots do most of the work, and somehow they think this family is... the, the, the robots or whatever. No, I forgot. I missed a, a point. Whatever, they get into a tussle with the main villain, Jonathan Banks. And that's how they are wanted, and they, they, they sneak into the town or whatever. And I don't want to go into too much detail, but what the, the, the plot is so thick and heavy that you're never bored. No. And I remember watching this as a kid. Did you? Okay. Up. Was I, when you first mentioned it, I had no idea. I had no idea what this is. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. And once I started watching it, I knew the premise. So I'm like, no way! But... What was this? Was the one I told you about a while back? Um, no, that was the other one we we decided not to do with the army men. Oh, what was that one? Um, (coughs) Nightmares was Was it? No, no, Nightmares was based off the show. I can't remember the name of the show. Dark Dark Room. Dark Room. We were gonna watch that, but it was so 
poorly put together, and it was just boring. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> so we decided to forget it. Plus, it's really hard to talk about anthology TV shows unless they're really good. We did an episode about that, like, in the beginning. Well, <clears throat> well I really am losing my voice. It's weird. Um, so, I'll tell you what. One thing I'm learning from, from doing this podcast is that uh, just when I thought I didn't spend enough time watching TV as a kid, <laughs> <laughs> I keep finding out there's more that I watched that I forgot about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, but um, what I love about this show is, unlike most 80s sci-fi shows, <clears throat> they're so expensive to do the pilot episode that the rest of the episodes seem to be uh, cheap. And yeah. they spend all this money on the city. And you would think the show would stay in that city for a very long time or until the very end or whatever because they spent so much money and they got to recoup the costs. They had the balls to ditch that after the first the, the movie. The, the pilot movie or whatever, and now I haven't watched this, the rest of the series yet, but it looks like now they're on the run. It's more like an Incredible Hulk fugitive where they're probably going to go from town to town or whatever it is. I don't know what's in the Forbidden Zone. Well, they had to get out of the city because it was killing the, the human. They're human. They couldn't stay there. So it's like that was part of the storyline. Yeah, and, and that they're on the run. But, you know, but they, they and there's have... multiple different what they call it zones or something like that. Yeah, so I, I thought that was really interesting for them to take that chance, and maybe that's mm-hmm. another reason why the show was canceled. Because every, do you think every episode they have to build a whole new town? I have no idea. They have to redress, and that can't be cheap either. But this is one season, wasn't it? Yeah, and all the performances are rock solid. There's nobody giving. Even the kid is amazing. I thought it was a little weird. <laughs> it's like so they find out she's an android. Oh, the girl Amanda West. How long from, have they been uh, there? <laughs> yeah, well, from Nightmare on Elm Street and Better Off Dead, um, Amanda West is the girlfriend. I totally forgot about that. Oh, and I forgot that the dad from Teen Wolf is their next door neighbor, who's super congenial. And yes. it out, it, it, James Hampton, I think, is his name, but um. I just whoever put this show together did a very good job. Yeah, I'm actually I'm gonna look this up because I feel like I know who the creator is. Otherworld TV series. <laughs> this is an ABC show and another one. That's the problem with a lot of sci-fi TV shows back then, is that uh, it seemed like almost all of them lasted just a season or two at best. They're so rare that they were successful. This was only eight episodes long, it looks like. So it's putting that much time and effort into them doesn't seem that far fetched. But so he's it's a, probably well, he's a musician. Created <laughs> by episodes. Roderick Taylor, who is um, a musician as well, and uh, he's he's with Geffen Records. Wow! And he writes he writes music for TV shows. His last major one was Witchblade, which we'll probably end up covering on this. Um, he mm-hmm. wrote. The Gambler, uh, Part 3, The Star Chamber, which is an awesome movie with uh, Michael Douglas. And he wrote also the TV pilot for Annihilator. Uh, American Outlaws, The Brave One with Jodie Foster. So, oh, he created Super Force. Do you remember that one? What? Yes. And the sci-fi series Dead at 21, which is an MTV show. Sadly, can't watch it. Why? 
Oh, you don't think it's on YouTube? I'm gonna look right now. Dead at 21. That was a really great show. I bet you someone saved it. Dead at 21. Back when MTV was having an identity crisis. Remember when they they're like, do we keep playing music videos? What do we do? Three three air TV right. shows, <laughs> and then now that's all they do. Why is it even called yeah. MTV? It's not music television. The M stands for something else. I just figured out yet what it is yet. Oh, dude, you're <laughs> gonna love this. It is on YouTube. The entire Sweet. series. Yay! We'll get to that in the 90s. Um, Sadly, I, well, no, it's a good thing. Um, originally, we were setting this show up so that you could bounce in and out, and I would have some guests come in. But um, the other co-host, Josh, has been so uh, busy selling scripts, and I, I couldn't be more proud right. of him. So that's why he hasn't been on the right. show. We were supposed to do Alien Nation and uh, Hard Time on Planet Earth like three months ago, but he just sold another script this week. So congratulations to him. Um, no doubt. Yeah, no kidding. Uh so I don't know if you and I will eventually be doing that. Um, where are we at? Uh, after Otherworld, and, and I, I'm sure you can tell that we're both going to continue watching this show. I wish it was more than eight episodes. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, maybe we could continue it. Yeah, that'd be our thing. We're gonna we're gonna revive dead old shows. <laughs> <laughs> where are they now? Um, we're gonna do in cl- claymation. Oh. Sadly, sadly, Wizards and Warriors is not one. Well, maybe you could get the voice. Uh, Wizards and Warriors is one that hardly anybody left from the show is still acting. I think Julia Duffy is the only one that's still around. Uh, sadly, Jeff Conaway, the main star, died a few years ago, and Walter Olkowitz, Oak- I'm gonna say the name wrong, um, hasn't acted in a long while because he destroyed his knee, and uh, he's wheelchair bound now. And um, mm. Oh, and Duncan Rieger, though. Duncan Rieger, the, the wonderful actor who played Dracula in the Monster Squad. Yes. This was another very expensive show. During the boom of sword and sorcery movies, they tried to take the concept to television, and uh, I think it was quite successful in what it was it trying was. to do. It's campy, it's fun, it's meant for families. Because if you remember, most of sword and sorcery movies are not PG. I know that technically Beastmaster is PG, but you see Tiny Roberts naked for a good chunk. So PG was different back in the 80s, kids. A little bit. (laughs) That's why PG-13 exists now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is is definitely one I remember watching as as a TV series. I don't recall if I ever saw the movie or not, or if you want to call it that, pilot. Yeah, Bill Bixby is uh, the guy who ran the show basically right after Incredible Hulk ended. Bill Bixby. Yes. Bixby. Bixby. Thank you for coming to Bixby's Tires. If we charge you too much, we get angry. Don't make us angry. (laughs) This is what you know. We don't do our research, or I don't at least do my research before I should be. You usually do though. That's the thing with our old show, Full Throttle Podcast. Is you're like, I got my research. <laughs> Go ahead, though. Well, that's because I it was a little more in my territory. So, but I was just remember Jeff Conway. I didn't realize who he was until I just looked at him here. Like, duh, he was in Greece. Well, on Taxi. That's his. That's the whole time he... I was watching. Yeah, in Greece, and I was watching this the whole time I was watching this movie. I'm like, I know him. I know him. Can't put my finger on it, but I know him. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, Don Rio, this is one of his very first shows that he created, and you may not know the name, but the shows that he did were super, super famous. Uh, Blossom, John Larroquette show, which ran for four seasons, My Wife and Kids, The Ranch, which is on Netflix now, 
Everybody Hates Chris, MASH, Rhoda, Golden Girls, uh, Two and a Half Men. He was a showrunner for years on that. And one of my favorite short-lived comedies of all time, Action with Jay Moore. He is the creator of that show. Was it, was it broken? Uh, I was a replacement for Bring Him Back Alive. I wonder why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this didn't do much better though. This was ranked well, 89 out of like 95 shows. Holy smokes. Not good. But again, who is geared for us as we were at that age? Loved it and ate it up, but I don't get it. Well, yeah. If if all of his kids kept watching it, well, how did it not? Well, it depends on his competition, though. See, here's the thing about ratings: is it doesn't matter how many kids really watch it if that's not the audience that they're aiming for when it comes to commercial sales. True. Based on the ad sales and how much money they raise, so they can pay for the budget. And usually, the prime age is high school to you know mid thirties, where everybody has all this extra cash to spend. And then we're like a secondary, and then kids are the third, and then the rest are seniors. And um, it just, the show looked like it was very expensive. It just, I mean, it doesn't, in, in hindsight, because now we're watching TV shows that cost $15 million an episode, <laughs> which is insane. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a million dollars back then was really risky. Right, right. And you got to build the castle, you got to get all the dress settings, you got the special effects. And it's. <laughs> I'm well, sorry. That's what they. effects. <laughs> And actually, I don't want to. I don't want to belittle it because you know you do what you can on a budget. But it's to me the the scenes in this show weren't the greatest. To be honest, the sets were not. <laughs> yeah, but you're also talking. Maybe, about, maybe I spoiled. They got to build them every week. There, there's no green screen. Yeah. There's no CGI back then, so it's much harder to do. It's a, Beth, what's the best way I can put it? It's like watching. A very, like, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood type of, <laughs> there's not a whole lot in the scene. When he goes to the the other, or what do you call it, the land of make-believe. So when he goes over there, there's not a whole lot to it. It very much looks like it's on a set. That's yes, what got me. Definitely. That's, yeah. that's the only thing. It does look like it's a stage play, you know, <laughs> in some parts. <laughs> but I, I like I, I like the sense of humor. I like the chemistry between the two leads. And yes. uh, Duncan Rieger and uh, what's the other guy, Clive Ravel, who's a, a really known for doing a lot of voice work for cartoons. Um, both of them are just hamming it up. They're hamming it up. They know exactly what kind of TV show they're in. I love the Vector. It seems like it's a name that just seems out of place, but it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Another show Sorry. that only lasted eight episodes, and I was wrong. There is two of these are on DVD. This is a exclusive to Warner Archive which does those manufacturer-on-demand kind of TV shows. So uh, you can get it, but it's kind of pricey. It's like 25 bucks for eight episodes. That seems kind of heavy for me. But I'll tell you this. The quality of the episode I sent you is garbage. <laughs> like the worst VHS <laughs> ever, but it's the best I can get you. I'm sorry. Have you said... Um, when was Newhart on? Um, it was this year. She's not in the first season. Not a lot of people remember that. She's not there in the beginning. She comes in at the very end, I believe, of season one as a just a guest spot. And they, they loved her so much that when... Uh, right. See, this was a CBS show as well as Newhart. So when her contract from this was let up, they're like, we loved her as that, you know, that one-time appearance on Newhart. Let's bring her back. And, yeah. and, and, and people also forget that Peter Scolari was not in the show for the first two seasons. 
Uh, he was on Bo- uh, Booze and Buddies, I think, for the first season. I think he went off to do a movie or something like that. Then he got added to Newhart. Gotcha. Because there's a total, there's a tool. There's a guy who runs the restaurant next to the hotel, and I can't remember his name, but um, he was kind of a jerk, and they got rid of him pretty fast. I was I also thought she she pretty much played the character she plays on New York. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> she did a great job, though. Yeah. So it it is what it is. It's no heavy drama show. Like you know, it's not like Conan the Barbarian. It's more in line almost with what would happen a decade later with uh, Hercules: Legendary Journeys. Yes. Which Very also tongue in cheek. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. When I when we get to it, uh, we're gonna cringe at the special effects. You just know we're gonna be like, oof, early CGI. <laughs> do we have to ruin it? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we do. Um, yeah, we do. Okay, so we'll our, tear it apart just for you. Do you do you want to continue after this episode? Continue, yeah. Like, okay, so the verdict on the first three shows are pretty good. Now, <laughs> I owned this. How long show. I'll stick to it, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's only eight episodes, so by the time you're stuck to it, you're like, oh, it's over. Crap. <laughs> you can handle that. Yeah. Um, this is the one that was the biggest disappointment to me. I owned this on DVD. I was super excited to find it. And similar to Bring Them Back Alive, I think the pilot is too long. And the series mm-hmm. really just kind of nosedives after the first five or six episodes. And it's Tales of the Gold Monkey. I kept saying Golden Monkey. It's Gold Monkey. Is it gold? Yeah, I should be fired. Sorry, guys. I quit. I no. failed. I added two extra letters. My <laughs> fault. Um, now, this one was more successful than the others. So it was on for a full season. But another one of those, probably too expensive just to continue. And I, I just think it peters out. I watched maybe half of them, and I was like, okay, I'm done. That's a bummer, because I, I went into this, or came out of this, rather, thinking, okay, yeah, it's a little tongue-in-cheek here and there, but I actually kind of like it. It was, oh, I can't put my finger on it. A funnier version of, I don't know. I'm rambling, guys. Well, it's it's, it's very much... Anybody got a thought in your head and you can't spit yeah, it out? There's no... This is why it got greenlit is because of Raiders Lost Ark. It's, it's the same thing with Bring It Back Alive. They right. are greenlit because that kind of surreal adventure um, was hot. I mean, that movie cost $20 million and it made like $400 million worldwide. So people aren't going to ignore that. So that's why you saw so many, uh, you know, ripoffs of it later. Like uh, Lasseter and uh, uh, High Road to China, Romancing the Stone. Well, what are those ones with Sharon Stone and Richard Chamberlain? King Solomon's Mines? Yeah. Stuff like that, it's Firewalker. Romancing the Stone was the one I was trying to think of. That was the one it reminded me of a little bit. But. Yeah. So, and this one's a little more lighthearted. I love the chemistry. I think everybody's fun in it. I just think it's too yeah. long. And the wild juxtaposition in tone from the beginning and end with the middle part, we start off with... Uh, almost like a horror movie, because you have these apes, uh, what are they, the white apes or whatever, and they're and they're really shitty costumes. They really are. They just don't. They don't look good at all. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, and um, you got these two German guys who who end up on this island or whatever, and they get murdered. And uh, I'll tell you this: the music is really unsettling. Do, do you remember it? the the yeah. I was like, ooh, very much, very much in eighties. Yeah, eighty sound effects are great. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also it does its job though because it kind of sets you on edge. Like this is unusual music. But then it switches over to like a good old slugfest, you know, fun romp. And I love the dog Jack, who wears mm-hmm. the eye patch. 
Um, I like his friend Corky, uh, Jeff McKay, who was like a character actor back then. Uh, uh, who's the girl? Um, damn it, she was good. I liked her. Uh, uh, Jalen O'Haney? Yeah. That's it. No, that's right, that's right. I looked her up earlier. She, okay. I guess she stopped acting. But, um, and then uh, what's the, the guy who's a priest and who actually turns out to be working for the Nazis? Um, I remember him from uh, a couple other movies where he's a complete tool. He's, uh, oh, dang it, he's in um, Back to the Beach. Uh, he's the sleazy guy. If you ever, you've seen Back to the Beach, right? With Annette Funicello and uh, uh, Frankie Avalon where they reunite like decades oh, later. yes. But he's like this really like, hey, baby, how's it going? He's got a really crappy tan or whatever, and he thinks he's the hottest thing on the beach. Um, wow. <laughs> he amuses me. But uh, Troy. Oh, yeah. that's a good name. The... Uh, uh, the one thing that changed, though, in the pilot from the regular series that I did enjoy is that uh, Bon Chance Louis, uh, the French guy running the restaurant, uh, is replaced mm-hmm. um, in the second episode by Roddy McDowell, who's one of my favorite actors. And he's so much more yes. appropriate, I think. There's... This is one definitely I'll... Go ahead. No, it's just, I, I think the world building is fine, and I, maybe I just need to give it more of a chance. I mean, my, as I get older, my attention span is getting better. But I do remember just having a struggle with it. You cut out there for like three seconds. I said <laughs> I missed what you did say. I said I was giving you a million dollars, but now that you didn't hear it, I'm sorry. You're not kidding. Dang it! You lost out. I was counting on that. No, I just what I said was that um, I, I had too much ADD. I think growing up, and I think as I get older, it's getting better. So maybe I should give the show more of a chance. Um, yeah. But I do just remember like getting halfway through and just getting kind of bored. But that's the way it is with most TV shows, though. I feel like a lot of times, unlike other world where it doesn't seem like there's a progression, I just feel like every episode doesn't matter. Like, oh, you could miss ten episodes and then it's the same thing. You know what I mean? It's just a uh, new villain, same, same concept. None of it leads to anything else. And that's my problem with a lot of old TV shows. Yeah. They just keep you on the hook. Yeah. Uh, do you know who created this? Uh, Belisario, that's part of the reason why I think I like it so much. Okay, yeah, and this guy (laughs) is a legend in television. If you don't know him for anything more than his military shows, JAG and uh, uh, NCIS, um, start off as more of a sci-fi, full-on action guy, because he did, what does he did, Uh, Baba Black Sheep, um, Battlestar Galactica he started on, then I think Magnum P.I. is his first, like, soul, like, he was in charge of everything. And uh, Airwolf, Quantum Leap. Um, yes. Well, I'm looking it up right now. Tequila Bonetti. Holy crap, I forgot about that show. <laughs> Do you remember this show, Tequila Bonetti? I have not. That's uh, one I don't know about. If I remember correctly, I it was a ripoff of Turner and Hooch, but the dog talked. It was a robotic... No, it may not a robotic dog. Maybe it was just like a voiceover. But oh it only lasted for a little bit here. But it was so popular in Italy that it continued for years. Wow. Okay, this is... He accidentally shot a 12-year-old girl. That's not really the start of a comedy show that no, I No, my goodness. <laughs> no, I've never heard of that one. Yeah. So. It's, it's weird that that has such a life. But, um... Yeah, Belisario, just one of those guys that I can't believe that he's been so successful for so long. Because usually guys who create TV shows, they got a decade, maybe at best, at their peak. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like if you do the um, 
what do you call it? The procedural show? You're made in the shade. How long has Dick Wolf been doing TV shows? <laughs> yeah, it's like decades. What I find cool is that he's he came back to Magnum too. Uh, I've not watched any of the new stuff. Wait, he I did. No Don Belisario came back to Magnum. Yes, sir. Oh wow! Forty episodes of TV series based on the series Magnum PI created forty episodes. You know, it's interesting is. Um, I didn't realize his first TV show was a Hawaiian show too. So he must just love Hawaii because that's like three shows that he did shot there. And who knows? If you get what to else. shoot in Hawaii. Why wouldn't you? I know, right? <laughs> well, maybe not. I, mean, I would think that sometimes it would be bad for uh, uh, production during the rainy season. So they must rush it all during the dry season. But then it's got to be really true. muggy, the hot bugs, tourists everywhere. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> You might get caught out in the woods somewhere with looking for the tiki god. Wow. I mean, then it's all downhill. And... I didn't know this. <laughs> Donald Belisario is, um, oh, what do you call when you hire family members? Nepotism. Kind of nepotistic. <laughs> because he hired his wife to be an airwolf, who's in the first uh, couple seasons. And uh, she's like the right-hand uh, assistant to, oh, what's his name? The glasses. You know, he's got the... the the one eye that's gone, he has a cane. He's always given uh, Stringfellow his missions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his son, well, his stepson, is uh, the one who's on NCIS, Timothy McGee. You know, the really tall, goofy one? Right. Yeah, that's his stepson. Well, you know, you gotta stick with the crew you, you trust. Yeah, that's true. I was like, <laughs> you're gonna stab me in the back, you're fired. <laughs> and right. you're not coming to Thanksgiving. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> You get to sit at the kids' table. Yeah, and um, it, there is an elephant in the room, and I'm just going to say it briefly. Stephen Collins, yeah, we're moving on. Um, he, he had a couple good years, and it turns out he was a scumbag. So uh, I, I think that's the end of this episode. Anything else you want to say before we go? No. Okay. Wow. I don't know. It's, uh, I hope we <laughs> can. I was, I, other than I would definitely pick it up and watch it. I don't. You said you get bored, but I'm definitely going to give it a shot. So yeah. Um, I don't know what we'll do for our next episode. I had a list. Dang it! We usually do this. We like to tease people and play with their hearts. Are we going to talk about this episode? Maybe. Oh no, I do. I do have a list. I'm a clever, clever little girl. Um, did I say that out loud? You clever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is what I got in I uh, in mind for another episode. <clears throat> we may or may not do them. Manimal has to be done. We by law we have to do Manimal. Oh yeah. Uh, Whiz Kids. Do you remember this show? Oh yeah. Um, Masquerade. Maybe I can't remember what that yep. is now, but I wrote it down. So pretend like I know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> the Master Lee Van Cleef as a ninja because it's ridiculous. <laughs> Lee Van Cleef as a ninja? Yep. He was like 70 when they did this, and it's one of the funniest, yet so exciting, because uh, whoever they did to do all the ninja sequences uh, it did a really good job, but it's absurd. It's completely ridiculous. There's a reason why it was on uh, two episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000. So it's not like Kung Fu, where... No, no, it's not think, serious in any no. way whatsoever. <laughs> okay. Uh, but Kung Fu ideas. didn't think you were... Yeah, it's so, that great, but it turned out not, be, not to be too good. Now, we might not do all these shows because, yes, we want to do some action shows, so the main point is kind of doing stuff that's otherworldly, but these are some ideas. I had Mike Hammer, uh, Hunter, Cover Up, Crazy Like a Fox, Code of Vengeance, Equalizer, Spencer, MacGyver, and we have to do MacGyver. That's so close so to you're... me. Um, 
Sidekicks. Do you remember that one? Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, Max Headroom, Outlaws, The Wizard. Not the movie, but the one with the, the little person who solved mysteries. With uh, Magic, I believe. Yep. Uh, wow, I wrote some, I wrote down some shows I don't even remember now. Nasty Boys? Well, that was Nightwatch? Wizard, the, the Wizard. That was the guy... Uh, from Time Bandits? His name always skips my head. Was it Time Bandits? Well, and then his partner is the Doug guy, whatever, from Fall Guy. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so these are some of the ideas I had. Once a Hero is Fantastic, where a comic book superhero comes into our world. I should know this one. Why, why, why have I never heard of this one? Once a Hero, it was only on for, like, again, eight episodes, I think. Um, it had Robert Forster... And I can't remember the guy who was the hero, but he, uh, somehow this magic thing, whatever, where he leaves the comic book page, comes into our world, and it's action-packed, but it's also very funny because, um, he's a fish out of water, because he doesn't understand the rules of the normal world, (laughs) that there's not a fight every five minutes waiting around the corner. (laughs) I'm bored. Yeah. Yeah. So those are some ideas I have, but obviously we only have a few more episodes in the 80s, and we'll be moving on to the 90s where sci-fi exploded, everybody. That's when we get, like, Sequest and uh, Earth 2, Super Force, stuff like that. Babylon. Was Babylon in the 90s? Yeah, Babylon. Yeah, totally. Yes. That's that's probably one of the longer-running shows that we're going to watch, because most of the shows we do, you know... Well, that was on for, what, five, six years, and there was a couple movies? So that one might be, uh, we might have to break up over a few episodes. Right, right. But those are some ideas I had in my head. Um, and everybody knows inside my head is a bunch of crazy crap, so be surprised any ideas come out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's weird is we're going to get to a point where we're going to be talking about Hercules and Xena, and then all the shows that were greenlit because those were so successful. Sinbad, I like that. The New Adventures of Robin Hood. Uh, Beastmaster, Tarzan, Conan. <laughs> <laughs> the New Adventures of Robin Hood. You're talking about the recent, the, the fairly recent one. Well, there's a lot of Robin Hood TV shows. I'm talking about the silly one that was in the 90s on TNT. 90s, okay. Different one. Yeah, there's a really good one from the... Oh my god, there is an 80s Robin Hood show we gotta discuss with uh, Sean Connery's kid, which is really good. Sean Connery? Sean Connery. I, I got to put my dentures in. Excuse me for a second. Okay, they're fine. This is how I talk all the time. Bond, James That's Bond. right. <laughs> this whole time, I didn't James. realize they're out of alignment. My name is James. My name. Sorry. Call him a cloud of a clan of a cloud. I'm a Spaniard with a Scottish accent, and you're a Frenchman with a Scottish It's completely absurd. But it works. All okay, right. but we can't fit those in, right? Because there's a movie starting. Well, no, there is the Highlander TV show. There's the TV series. Yes, Ooh. there is. And the spinoff, The Raven. Ooh. Then the non-spinoff, The Crow, Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the 90s are going to get weird. See, this is, this is the thing. They're going to get weird. We, we talked. I think the first real sci-fi show that was syndicated was War of the Worlds. And you could clearly see that it had a real production company behind it, Paramount. They are putting some money into it. And then the 90s gets weird because all of a sudden everybody saw gold. Oh, syndicated gold. And we got some mm-hmm. really wonky ideas, some spinoffs and remakes, and just not all of them are going to work, but I think it's going to be kind of fun to go through them. Yeah. 
Like a bad diet of bur- uh, burritos and Swiss cheese. They're going to go right through you. <laughs> <laughs> the 90s is when we get, well, then we start off with shows that were short-lived and... <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we no, that's, kinda... that's what we're kind of doing now. I mean, what, what, like I said, yeah. we did Briscoe County Jr. and uh, Legend, and yeah. I know somewhere along the way, we, I thought we discussed a couple other 90s shows, but yes, there is some, a lot of syndicated crap, but we're also going to be discussing like, uh, American Gothic. Which was a fantastic yes. show with Gary Cole. There's uh, the Visitor, um, uh, with John Corbett. Uh, or uh, what is it? Space Above and Beyond was fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the other one. There's one with uh, DB Sweeney where he had uh, Supernatural Luck. I think it was called Pure Luck or something like that, or Lucky Man, where he would get in these crazy situations and no matter what happened, his magic power of some sort would save his ass. Uh, um, the Millennium the rest of Millennium could be a great one to discuss so we got a lot of good stuff in the 90s and a lot of short lived stuff that you're going to forget like Time Cop the TV show and Man and Machine yeah Time Cop loved the movie was really disappointed with it you know, really? I love the movie. show I feel like we should revisit that one and see what you think well I was disappointed that it ended not the show. Oh, okay, I was gotcha, disappointed yeah. that it ended I really was That's surprised because the show the movie was so popular and they took the risk of not doing a sequel and then making a TV show. And mm-hmm. it, what, it was like 10 episodes. And the production values were solid. And any show that will put Bruce Campbell on as a villain has is, is got my... Yeah, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> All right, we filled this episode up a bit. Sorry, we're padding it, guys. Um, we so we're not going to make it to a full hour. Not that we needed to. We don't owe you anything. Um, <laughs> check us out on Facebook under... Next Planet Over. I forgot the hell the theme of the show was. Um, <laughs> Next Planet Over is, well, to be fair, I have a lot of shows, and we've been slowly canceling right. a lot of them, trying to whittle it down. So um, eventually this show does come to an end. I think we're on episode, this is 27. I'm kind of hoping to end it at 50. And then uh, you and I have a series of, we're going to watch old sitcoms and see what we think. I like that. We're going to do a little sitcom unity service. <laughs> you like that? I strangled that into a title. <laughs> okay, um, anything you want to say before we go? Stay sane. Stay safe. Wash your dang hands. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Don't go shopping because you're bored. You're supposed to be there because of necessities. Right. You're putting people like me at risk. I have to do my job. I have to work the counter. If you're in there, just farting around and make me very upset. Go for what you need, six feet or more, and I prefer ten. Yeah. To be honest, but <laughs> and also, you and know wear what? Wear a stupid mask. I don't care how sweaty it is. Wear if, your mask. If you gotta get out of the house, go for a walk. Enjoy nature. Yeah. It's April. Walk. <laughs> Enjoy nature now when it's actually coming back to you know being fruitful again. Because yeah, once it, this all it looks ends, good. it's gonna go back to nastiness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Within the so. summer, when it's so hot, you're like, can I peel my skin off? I can't take it anymore. Well, here's what I'll say. Okay, so I looked at it. If you look at some of the articles that are out there about how the environment is like recovering right now, it's in recovery mode, and it's actually smog is lifting and things like that. Yeah. So here's my message to y'all, and it's a very serious one at this point. Let's make a little bit of a change. Do what we can to make sure we don't go back completely to the way we were. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, we have other generations that we are responsible to. Do you really want to give? I mean, I'm getting to the point now where people I know are having grandkids. 
it's almost to that point. I mean, can you believe it? We're in our 40s now, and soon we're going to be referring to our friends as, hey, Grandpa. <laughs> hey, Grandpa. <laughs> and, and, and you got to think that, look, even if you don't, for some whatever reason, don't believe that climate change is happening, <laughs> you can clearly see the skies are clear. And, you know, mm-hmm. the animals are coming back to, you know, you know, live in places where they were never allowed to live before because we took that land away from them. And yep. maybe it's time for you just to take a walk. Lose a little bit of weight. Get your lungs a little bit stronger. Enjoy the world around you. And uh, don't go crazy, people. I know this is hard, but it's not that hard. Imagine for the people who yep. had to suffer way worse than we've ever had to suffer through this. Oh, my God, you get to sit home and watch TV all day. <laughs> oh, I need a haircut. And... Really? Go buy a haircutting kit. Grow your hair out. Be a hippie. <laughs> I'll say I've picked up my base more than I have before. I'm actually learning something on it now. So I, look at the bright sides of things. There's a silver lining to everything. You just got to yeah. look for it. I'm playing. I'm spending more time with my uh, dog, and and you and people get to spend more time with their kids. And yep. you're never going to get those years back. You're just not. So just enjoy them now. You got this opening, this window of opportunity. I got one graduating after next year. So. Oh, my God, it's freaking me out. Time's I haven't seen by. you since. That's the weirdest thing is I still consider you to be my best friend. Um, I haven't seen you since 2003. Oh. I haven't seen you. I haven't seen you since she was an infant. It's just it's right. we're both poor and it's so hard for us to travel. Um, it's just strange to hear that she's going to be graduating soon. But, buddy, I miss you and I hope everything goes well for you over there. I bet got you. And hey, everybody, these are shows that you can check out on YouTube for the most part. And if you're bored, just I, I, I highly suggest Otherworld, though. That's the gold gem, I think, of all mm-hmm. these. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is it for this episode. We'll hopefully be back since, I mean, you have a lot of time in your hands. I guess we'll have an episode. Because oh, yeah. we were having a problem there for a while where it's like once every three to four months. And we just couldn't line up our days. So, uh, or have internet issues. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And hopefully we'll be back in maybe a couple weeks with a new episode. Well, I'm hoping that in a few weeks we'll, maybe things will start lighting up a little bit and we won't have so much load on the internet. I think that was our issue, so hopefully we won't have to deal with that anymore. So. There's a there, there's a spider on my microphone, so I have to destroy the microphone. I have to burn it. So this will be our last episode, everybody. I quit podcasting. <laughs> burn it! It's a halfway down flames. <laughs> you and my daughter are getting you know, like-minded in that. <laughs> Oh, well, right. looks like I'm going to have to burn the house. <laughs> hey, how much money? The insurance will cover a new one. Shut up. The spider has to die. All right, guys. Bye. <laughs> have a good one.